It's time for episode 31 of the Gridirons and Goal Lines Football Podcast. I'm Angelo. That's Taylor. Taylor, do it. Uh, this division is going to be exciting. Yeah, it really is going to be super exciting. And this is just the off-season grades. Yeah. Like, I know I keep saying it, guys, but everyone should be really excited for our, our division predictions. I, uh, I'm i way excited for our division predictions. Likes, because... We, we've been doing a lot of research, obviously. So if you've been listening, we've been doing our division reviews for the offseason. We're, we're finishing up today with the AFC West. Uh, probably I unexpectedly finished with such a great division to finish on. I didn't, even kind of, I didn't plan that out, really. It just happened that way. So we're finishing on a great division, and then uh, we'll be heading into our division predictions as well. We're super excited uh, to get to those. And uh, we're hoping that you really enjoyed the the last episode here of the offseason review. So uh, what, you, what are you going to expect today? In-depth research and analysis on each division's offseason so far, or each team's offseason so far, rather. Free agent signing, staff personnel changes, draft picks. Uh, we're also going to be uh, naming a best offseason, worst offseason, going into some details on that. Of course, what you're going to want to do right now is you're going to follow us on our Twitter, which is at G-G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E-S. That's the Gridirons and Goal Lines Football Podcast Twitter. And then you're going to go to our YouTube. You're going to want to subscribe to the YouTube. And you're going to want to watch those YouTubes. If you don't like, you know, listening to the audio, you can listen to audio on YouTube. I don't know why you would, you know, I don't know how you prefer things. It's just another option yeah. that I, you know, try to upload most of the time. Yeah. Look, so doing YouTube is like a whole separate process. I promise I try to do it. <laughs> if you notice that maybe an episode's not on YouTube... There are other places to find it. Like where? But, but if you're if you're upset that it's not on YouTube, let us know. I'll make sure to get it uploaded there. But, you know, if it's not there, you can check out, I don't know, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker, Google Casts. You know, there, there are plenty of other options out there. And just let us know what you like. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, listening on Spotify myself. I'm a big Spotify guy in general. So, but yeah, so please follow us. Tweet at us is the big thing. I would I would love to engage with you on Twitter. That's my big thing. Like I love tweeting. I love love putting statements out there. So uh, follow us on Twitter and engage with us, and and we would be more than happy to engage with you. And if you have a good enough question, we probably put it on the podcast most likely. Yeah. And then uh, as Taylor said last episode, you're gonna want to follow us because if you remember, we will be doing giveaways during the regular season as we do podcasts. So you're probably going to want to check out that Twitter for some giveaways as well, okay, just so you know. All right, well, we're going to head into episode 31 with the Kansas City Chiefs. So Patrick Mahomes decided to play football instead of baseball, okay? Then Patrick Mahomes now makes more than most baseball players make. With just as long of a contract. Yeah, just as long of a contract. So uh, we are saving our debate on the contract until uh, another episode where we're going to be hitting on several topics of the, over the last few weeks and few months that maybe weren't the most offseason related and stuff. So, yes, we will be talking about the Mahomes contract. Yes, we have opinions. Yes, we have different opinions, I think. So it's going to be a good episode, so just wait till you check it out, okay? All right. Outside of the first-round selection of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that's how you pronounce his name, everybody. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No one knows how to say this guy's name. It's super simple. I've just done yeah, it for you. It doesn't even look difficult. What's the problem? It's for some reason people have the hardest time. Anyway, the Chiefs have uh, the Chiefs had a pretty low graded draft, honestly. However, uh, Edward Solaire is no slouch, and his addition to the Chiefs' offense is just another reason to fear that team. With Damian Williams opting out of the season, look for Edward Solaire to make his Rookie of the Year campaign against this quarterback class, in my opinion. Uh, a big hit this offseason is guard Laurent Duvernay Tardif. I did it. 
first try. That one I do understand the issue. <laughs> uh, so he did opt out of the season so he can continue to work at a healthcare facility during the pandemic up in Canada. Noble cause. Don't hate him at all for that. Uh, but a decent hit to the offensive line. They did pick up Mike Rimmers, an eight-year vet who can play at any position other than center on the offensive line. So they make up a little space there. Honestly, you can't really touch Mahomes when he's in the backfield anyway, so I'm not, yeah. it's probably not that big of a hit. Uh, he just doesn't get to have another Super Bowl ring. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jones, who has 24 and a half sacks in the last two seasons, was tagged early on but has recently signed his four-year $85 million deal, $60 million guaranteed. Without going into Pat's contract, how do you feel about Jones's deal? Overall, I mean, I think it's pretty good. I, uh, I'm i actually not super happy about this uh, contract at all because I don't think I don't think Chris Jones is this good to make this much money. Chris Jones, right, um, is an interior defensive lineman for the most part, and he's making like Aaron Donald-sized money. And I just don't think it's necessary. And I don't think... Without getting too much in the Mahomes contract, I don't think the Chiefs had the money to spend on Chris Jones like this. I think it's going to come back to bite them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might be a little high, but <clears throat> contracts in general are going up. Uh, one thing that is worth noting, uh, which, you know, we might go way more into financial aspects later in a later episode. Um, but uh, for those that don't know, uh, salary caps change on a year-to-year basis, and overall, they tend to increase. They've been been increasing very rapidly over the last decade Mm -hmm. but with financial losses due to the pandemic uh they're not going to be increasing for next year they might even be decreasing a bit for next season uh and if if salary caps decrease that's going to be a very significant hit to teams who are already at the cap um you might see teams having to restructure contracts pay players a little bit less money at least for a year Um, You might see players getting cut because teams can't afford them. Um, But all of this is just sort of one of those unexpected things that you can't plan around. Yeah. Uh, At the same time, revenues might not be significantly decreased. If the season goes on pretty much as expected, it being the only thing in the world actually going on could lead to increased revenue. That's a good point. We'll just have to see. Yeah. And, you know, other than that, we we don't really have a lot of uh, questions here on the Chiefs because the Chiefs, sure, they had a low-graded draft, but it's not like they needed anything. Yeah. I mean, they, they paid Mahomes, they paid Chris Jones, uh, and they replaced their guard that opted out, and they replaced their running back that opted out. Uh, okay, see you in the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's as simple as that, guys. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos now. So the Broncos had a bu- had a business offseason, or busy offseason, and somehow <laughs> made their defense even better. Uh, Justin Simmons was tagged. A.J. Bouye was traded for one of the last pieces of that 13-3 Jaguars defense a few years ago, and they acquired Jarrell Casey for a seventh-round pick. Still upset about that. Uh, did the Broncos make a case for best defense in the AFC after this offseason, Taylor? Uh, they're definitely making a case for it. Obviously, you have to see this stuff in yeah. action before you can get there. There are some good defenses in the AFC. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what the Colts are going to uh-huh. do. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the AFC is, is pretty loaded on defenses. So, I uh, I just feel like the Broncos' defense has been so good for so long that mm-hmm. and they just – they they're not downgrading at all. They don't downgrade in any season. So, it's, it's pretty impressive. Knowing that Drew Locke is getting his shot at a full season, the Broncos decided to load him up with off uh, with options. Melvin Gordon will now be sharing snaps with Philip Lindsay in the backfield. Gordon took a two-year, $16 million deal. Is this right where the Broncos probably wanted to get Melvin Gordon at? I know that's a weird question because that's what the, that's what they got him for, you know. But 
Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty everything. solid deal for both parties. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I think that I think it hurts Philip Lindsay a lot. Philip Lindsay, I think, was really developing into a pretty unique uh, one cut type of you know power back, and I think this is going to hurt him a little bit. But maybe it maybe it goes goes better for his longevity maybe he finds a different team in uh in a year or two that uh he can kind of be the main starter for so Graham glasgow guard reached a four-year deal with the broncos glasgow was a strong part of the Lions' offensive line with 58 starts and 62 games pretty significant when you consider they're investing in drew lock here they're mm-hmm. really going into this uh using their first two picks the broncos did draft wide receivers jerry judy and kj hamler hamler uh, had just under a thousand yards this past season at Penn State, and Judy just po- just posted back to back eleven hundred plus yard seasons. Add that to the eleven hundred to the one thousand one hundred twelve yards by Cortland Sutton, and this division may have some of the best wide receiver, or this team may end up having some of the best wide receivers among this division. Uh, should Drew Locke be considered a top fifteen quarterback after this season? Uh, so first, I want to address Jerry Judy. Yeah, he was not the first wide receiver drafted. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I'm pretty sure he was the best wide receiver in the draft. Okay. I've heard... Hot take. I've heard a lot of opinions out of training camps already about the way that Jerry Judy runs his routes mm-hmm. and how he's absolutely phenomenal at doing it. Yeah. And I I think that his style... like He's not the fastest wide receiver, he doesn't have the best hands, but there's way more to it than that, uh, especially in the NFL. And I think that he's going to be a very good asset. Uh, you know, will Drew Block be considered a top 15 quarterback? Uh, obviously, we don't know that yet, but I, I think it's looking like that's a good possibility. Yeah. He looked really good at the end of last year, and he's got a lot going for him this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you take their college stats. And you combine and you you know take into consideration Cortland Sutton, like I said, then Drew Lock has three thousand plus yard players he's throwing to this year. He also has Noah Fant, who had a pretty decent campaign last year, and then he has now Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the offense line is getting better. I mean, this is definitely a team that's probably going to find themselves into the playoffs unless Drew Locke just is a so, dud. Especially with the extension to seven teams uh, per conference, I I feel very confident that this team is going to find their way into the playoffs. Um, without you know all of the offseason stuff going on, without preseason games, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit concerned about this team starting off slower than expected yeah. because of all of the new parts, but I still expect this team to be very, very good. You know, they could start off offensively slow. I could see it. I think that still, like, if in the first six games, they probably, if games they lose, they probably won't lose by more than a score because this defense is also so good that I think the defense will keep them in games. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're right. Maybe Drew Locke won't have enough time with all these guys to develop that that you know, that comfort level where they can start scoring 20-plus points a game. So I think that's a good point. Uh, maybe look to see them start slow and then, and then get going. All right. So let's head over now to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders knew they needed to do something uh, with this defense, ranking bottom 12 in points allowed and second to last in forced turnovers last season. The Raiders cannot survive defensively against the offenses like the Chiefs and the Broncos are going to produce this year. Corey Littleton was added to the defense, an inside linebacker who spent his last four seasons with the Rams. He tallied 259 tackles over the last two seasons. The Raiders moved on from aging to here white, as we talked about uh, in an earlier episode to the Panthers. At the same position, so Littleton should prove to be a big upgrade here. The Raiders also added Carl Nassib to the defensive line rotation. 
Uh, Nassim got to the quarterback 12 times over the last two seasons with the Bucks. Considering he is coming from an impressive pass rush defense with the Bucks, I think that Nassim may add some needed experience to the Raiders and probably is a pretty good pickup here. Youth was injected into the defense with first-round selection Damon Arnett out of Ohio State University. Arnett has 22 career pass deflections and plenty of big-time game experience, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with why these guys from Clemson and OSU and Bama always get, you know, these high-round draft picks. Are we feeling any better about this defense now, though? Uh, I mean, we're feeling better about it, but they're still in a crazy offensive division. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the problem with this defense is I feel like I could go through and name a handful of players on each team and at least a few players on defense for each team. And honestly, I don't think I can do that for the Raiders. And that's just because these guys don't make enough noise. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I I said that last year about the Bengals as you as well, outside Geno Atkins, I couldn't tell you another Bengals defender last year. And really outside of Will Compton, who played six games for the Raiders, couldn't have told you a single Raiders defender last year either. So last year I started to kind of get on board for the Raiders because they just had like a crazy stretch of away games at the beginning of the season and were looking pretty good. And then that having a bunch of away games at the beginning of the season meant they had a bunch of home games at the end of the season and didn't finish strong with that. Yeah. And now their home games are at a new stadium and a new city and a new state. What are we looking at here? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, so Henry Ruggs was the first round selection uh, for the first selection selection for the Raiders in the draft. Ruggs was yet another part of this deep wide receiver draft. Ruggs was a deep threat when at Alabama in three seasons. He caught 24 touchdowns and averaged 17 and a half yards a catch. Does the addition of Ruggs and Nelson Algalore make the passing game a bit better for the Raiders, or is the problem Derek Carr? I'm going to save that last question for when we're after after we answer these questions. Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't know that I would say that Derek Carr is the problem. Mm -hmm. I think Derek Carr is, at worst, a fine quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I don't find him to be exceptional. Right. Um, so if you want Derek Carr to shine, then you need exceptional wide receivers and other talent around him. And none of these... I mean, Ruggs could end up being exceptional. Yeah. But outside of that, like none, none of the talent around him yeah. is exceptional. Ruggs is a burner. But again, like a couple of these secondaries in this division, like I'm thinking of the Chargers and the Broncos, are just good. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't think that Ruggs is going to be a big difference maker in at least four games. You yeah. know, and you know that's pretty big. Now, of course, my last question is: Do we see Mariota getting a chance here in Las Vegas? Uh, a chance, yes. A significant one, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that the Raiders are excited about Mariota. I think if it gets to the point where Mariota replaces Derek Carr, then they will be swiftly looking to replace both of them. Probably. I will. I do like to add because I've been following it very closely as a as a huge Mario fan, like my favorite player. Uh, Gruden loves this kid. He love. I, I mean, all he wants to talk about is Marcus. So that's all I'm saying. I, I I've got my hopes because I'm excited because I love my boy. But we'll see what how, happens. How are you going to handle being a Raiders fan? Uh, I don't know. That I, sounds awful. A closet Raiders fan sounds yeah like a life I don't want to live. I mean, uh, honestly, be looking at Trevor Lawrence being a Jacksonville Jaguar or an, or a Las Vegas Raider. I think that's just the route it's going, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I, I would like to see Marcus get a chance, though, in Vegas. L.A. Chargers. 
So, after a long career, Philip Rivers is no longer the face of the Chargers. Justin Herbert was selected at pick six. Tyra Taylor is ready to start the season. And that's, I mean, that's pretty big, honestly, for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we haven't known anything other than Philip Rivers for a long time. And then before that, they had Drew Brees. I mean, the Chargers are just kind of a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to start by saying okay. the Chargers always perform pretty much the exact opposite of how I anticipate. <laughs> yeah. So, given that I think they're actually going to be pretty good this year, expect another four-win season. You think they're going to be pretty good this year? I do. Are you high on Herbert? I actually haven't asked you what your opinions of Justin Herbert are. Well, this are. is a fun little time to talk about this. I think uh, Herbert is going to struggle to see much play this season, and I think Terod Taylor is actually going to perform quite well with the Chargers. I agree 100% because Anthony Lynn likes him some Tyrod Taylor. I'm pretty the- sure you and I disagreed about this like three months ago, but yeah, Anthony Lynn loves Terod Taylor, yeah. and uh, he's... Not a bad quarterback. No, Terod to, to Taylor's stats, if you look at them, the only reason that he's not producing the, these large numbers season season by season is that he's, he's pretty – he deals with injuries a lot, and he's, he also gets put on teams where he gets replaced if he gets injured really quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Buffalo Bills, and Josh Allen. I'm looking at you, Cleveland Browns, and uh, but also, Baker. Also, aside from getting replaced with injuries – He's just played for some really bad teams. Really bad teams. He's played for really bad teams. Honestly, he reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick a lot. Mm. But Fitzpatrick just has a lot. Fitzpatrick gets on teams that haven't drafted their next quarterback yet. So mm. he gets a chance to play. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, that's kind of a hot take I have, too. Is I think I think you're going to see Terod for at least the first six weeks of the season. and at, then At least. But I, I think there's a good chance that they win. And if, if he's winning, they're not going to take him out. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I like Terod Taylor a lot, honestly. So uh, I'm really excited for him to be with Anthony Lynn in this position where he's going to play some football games. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's he's week one starter, just so everyone knows. Yeah. If, if he's not, the Chargers will have a bad year. You're going to have a bad time yeah. if you don't have uh, Terod as your week one starter. So the Chargers added depth to their defense. Uh, Nick Vigil, Chris Harris Jr., and Linval Joseph will no doubt bolster an already above-average defense. Vigil had over 100 tackles at inside linebacker this past season. He, uh, he will be joined this year by first-round selection Kenneth Murray, who has 257 tackles at the inside linebacker position in the last two seasons at Oklahoma. Brian Beluga, Belaga found a new home in L.A. from Green Bay. Uh, Balaga had a pass block win rate of 92% last season, uh, a.k.a. the Packers dummies. <laughs> Packers are dummies. Uh, Hunter Henry was tagged, and Keenan Allen told the world on Twitter that he was the best wide receiver in the league, so that was pretty awkward for everybody. <laughs> Did you, did you catch wind of this at all? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, it was hilarious. Essentially what happened was the NFL Top 100 came out, and Keenan Allen uh, was underneath a lot of people. And so he went on and told everyone that he was way better than Mike, Mike Evans and uh, Goodwin over there in Tampa Bay and, like, several other people. And it was it was sad. Keenan Allen is good, though. Oh, he's, he's definitely good. not the best, but he's, he's good. good, though. Yeah, he's good, but it was sad to watch him act like that on Twitter. It does sound sad, but it's not bad to have that kind of confidence. It, wide receivers, that's just how they roll, too. Yeah. Like, uh, they are the 
heaviest, like them and defensive backs, they are the heaviest talkers uh, when it comes to like social media platforms. And it's just kind of how they, why, it's how they sell their brand. Which is why Angelo loves talking about wide receivers so much, especially like Antonio Brown. Uh, we went so long. <laughs> it was so pointless. Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, Josh Callie, running back out of UCLA, uh, was drafted as a possible tandem with Austin Eckler. Kelly reached the end zone 25 times and mustered up 2,500 scrimmage yards in the last two years at UCLA. Do we think that Eckler and not Kelly can provide the run game that the Chargers need to bring balance to the offense? Or do we think that uh, Herbert is going to have to really rely on uh, these backs to take the pressure off? Um, I mean, they're definitely a solid pair of backs. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not even sure if... Herbert's going to be the one relying on them. That's a good point. When I wrote the script, I've heard, I had Herbert in mind. But I'm just wondering because, okay, so you obviously don't have Melvin Gordon anymore. Uh, Gordon really didn't honestly become a, a good running back until like the last two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if Eckler uh, and Kelly can really provide the run game that this team needs. I mean, typically they're a pretty fast – they're a pretty pass-first heavy team. Right. Uh, they, have, they haven't been a real heavy run team since LT played for the Chargers. So – uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, well, Taylor, who won the AFC West this offseason? Who lost it? Who's the uh, biggest loser? Who won? The Denver Broncos won the offseason. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, uh, I do give the Chiefs a lot of credit for locking down their quarterback for the next decade. Yeah. But uh, the Broncos just made way more improvements than any other team in this division. The Broncos may have made way more improvements than most teams in the NFL this year. That, yeah, that's I mean, absolutely fair. Uh, they, I mean, they're probably a top five most improved team mm-hmm. after this offseason. And that's probably – so we, I, I'm going to go with you on that. I think that the Broncos uh, were the most – you know, they had the uh, best offseason for sure. Worst offseason? Raiders. Probably the Raiders just because – I mean, uh, no. I, I Okay, I'll say the Chiefs. Only because they didn't do a whole lot, and they mm-hmm. and the, technically they had one of the worst draft grades. But obviously the Chiefs didn't get worse this year. So, but if we're just looking at the offseason and what they did between after the day after the Super Bowl and today, we're talking. Other than paying Mahomes, which again we'll talk about it, maybe I don't completely agree with. I I will say that the Chiefs are the biggest losers because they didn't. I will do say much. draft grades uh, mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can grade a team's draft three years after it happens it'll look completely different but it's just grading play like grading fourth through seventh round picks before you see them play in the nfl (laughs) you just never get them right yeah that's fair that's fair you know did people think that russell wilson was a an s plus grade for the the seahawks they think he was like an a minus he wasn't he he wasn't even a projected starter so. He was like a second or third string guy. He had to he had to beat somebody for the second string role and then the first string role. So there you go. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what was the biggest need filled and what was the biggest need ignored? Um, I'm gonna suck up to you real quick and say that the biggest need filled was a quarterback for the Raiders. <laughs> oh yeah, is that so? <laughs> maybe, maybe, well, maybe, maybe, or maybe it's like the the competitive nature that it will bring. Maybe we'll make Derek Carr better. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, I, I do think it was probably, uh, probably wide receivers for Denver. I think uh, so, too. Just kind of offense in general for Denver. Yeah, I think offense, I mean, you know, 
Graham Glasgow, seriously, Graham Glasgow is kind of the the really major pickup here because he's a great offensive guard. Yeah, adding um, a great guard, a great rookie receiver, a good running back. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest the biggest need filled right there. Just making sure that making sure that Drew Locke has no reason not to be a nine plus one quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Essentially, biggest need ignored. Um. I okay. I will say biggest need ignored is big name on defense for the, for the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, that's pretty much something, the direction I was Something I was huge to go, oh, well, you don't want to play the Raiders because of this reason. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because the Raiders just don't have that. You know, uh, And if you're a team that on a unit of your team, you don't have someone that someone says, oh, you don't want to face this player, that's kind of bad. So I, I'm going to go with uh, just the Raiders not getting anybody to cry home about. Uh, I also would say probably not having a really concrete plan at quarterback for the Chargers. Uh, I, I think... So, I don't believe in Justin Herbert, personally. Yeah. Um, I don't either, I, I don't think, think. I mean, he, they took him... Who was a first-round pick? Yeah, number six. So, you know, they obviously believe in him enough. So, I think they think that he's a solid future plan. Yeah. And I think Terod Taylor's going to be perfectly fine for the present. Yeah, I think so as well. So... We'll see what goes on there. So there you go, everyone. There are your division reviews. We had a fun time doing these. Uh, if you could see my script right now, so I just did one long strip for all these episodes, and I have over twenty pages <laughs> of notes on these teams and their and their uh, their off season. So it was it was a lot of fun doing these. We will probably be really shortly heading into the uh, division predictions. Those episodes are likely going to be longer uh, because we're probably going to be doing them bit more rapid rate because the season starts in a month right so we're gonna we're gonna probably gonna be trying to get those out pretty soon um and there may be a delay because half of our little unit here is going to be experiencing some moving efforts taylor yeah yeah, yeah. taylor's gonna be moving away from us thankfully so. we don't have to deal with uh preseason so that's out of the way that's actually a good point uh, i'm really sad about preseason yeah. but yeah uh, so look for those uh, division prediction episodes coming out because those are going to be a great, great time. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for listening this off season to our division review grades. Tell a friend about our division review grades uh, for the off season and say, hey, do you want to know what these two guys in Indiana thought about your team and how they did this off season? Go, go ahead and go on Twitter. Tell us why you think we're wrong. I would love for you to tell us why you think we're wrong. I would love that. Yeah, honestly. honestly. Yeah. Mm, sounds good. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next time with uh, likely the division predictions. Have a good time. Later. <laughs>